Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy BJ Jones, man. We're coming back to you inside HBCU football, man. We're doing it live tonight. Um, shout out to everyone for uh, joining me uh, tonight. Uh, make sure that you are uh, following along. Tell a friend. Got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, this was week four of the HBCU football season. We had some interesting contests. Uh, in and around the Southwestern Athletic Conference, uh, the MEAC and the likes. Um, interesting week. Um, interesting week. It started off on Thursday night, uh, this week with, uh, the Braves of Alcorn State. Uh, we know how well they played a, a week ago, uh, down in Mobile against South Alabama. Um, uh, almost won that football game. Well, the Braves had a little bit more to prove. They went up to Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, and this game was interesting for a few reasons. Number one, um, Alcorn, uh, we know the, the string of Eastern Division titles, uh, that they've won. Um, they moved from the Eastern Division of the Southwestern Athletic Conference over to the Western Division. Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff won the Western Division title. Uh, during the spring, a uh, football team that felt disrespected, uh, felt like a lot of people overlooked them. We started talking about the preseason, uh, predicted order of finish. So this game was, um, interesting for a multitude of different reasons. And I tell you what, before we got out of Thursday, uh, it was interesting for more reason than one. Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, man, started this football game out, uh, about as good as you could expect to start it out. Uh, they jumped on the Braves quick, uh, jumped on them fast in a hurry. How about this? Arkansas Pine Bluff scored 23 points in the first quarter. Let me repeat that. Arkansas Pine Bluff scored 23 points in the first quarter. Yes, I had to look down and check my notes to just make sure I was correct on that. 23 points in the first quarter. Uh, they led by the score 26 to 7, uh, going into the half, uh, Alcorn State. Looks as about as bad as they've looked all year. Uh, Felix Harper was on the run uh, for his life. He was sacked multiple times. They were getting to him. Uh, turnovers, penalties, you name it. Uh, things just weren't going well uh, for Alcorn. And it looked like um, Arkansas Pine Bluff had made their statement. And then they kicked off the second half. Uh, you know, Alcorn State, uh, from, from that point on, um, in the second half, they scored 19 in the Third quarter, uh, scored 13 in the fourth. Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, only 12 points total in the second half. That, 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 that uh, Alcorn State Braves defense, uh, really came to play in the second half. Uh, Felix Harper, who was running for his life, now all of a sudden, uh, he was comfortable back in the pocket. Uh, and when he wasn't, he was able to make do with his feet, um, uh, to kind of extend some drives. Charles Pringle was, uh, amazing. Uh, Nico Duffy, uh, for Alcorn State, also, uh, amazing. Uh, Felix Harper going 16 to 32, uh, for 368 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Nico Duffy, 23 carries, uh, 142 yards, 142 yards, two touchdowns. CJ Bowler, uh, for Alcorn State, uh, transfer from Vanderbilt, five receptions, 151 yards and a touchdown. That Alcorn team got it done. They defeat. The Golden Lions of Arkansas Pine Bluff by the score of 39 to 38. Uh, and if you are 
a golden line. Uh, you remember golden line faithful. You're asking yourself, could have, would have, should have. Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff had an opportunity in the fourth quarter uh, to kick a field goal to extend their lead. They decided to not do that. Decided to go for it on fourth down. Uh, that attempt was unsuccessful. They leave that drive with zero points. Alcorn goes down and scores. Um, that was big. Only a one-point ball game. Uh, they keep the field goal there. Who knows? Um, it's probably over. But shout out to the Braves, uh, Coach Fred McNair, uh, his staff for getting that football team ready to play. Um, despite having a horrible first half of football, that football team was ready to play. Um, in the second half, and Alcorn showed the world, showing the world right now that uh, you're gonna have to beat the champ. Uh, you're going to have to beat the champ. Um, so shout out to the Braves of Alcorn um, for that win up in Arkansas, up in Arkansas Pine Bluff. If you're Arkansas Pine Bluff, you got another big Thursday night game coming up. Uh, this time will be against the Panthers of Prairie View. Um, and we'll talk about that big win that they had on yesterday against Grambling State. Um, fourth win in a row over Grambling State. So we'll talk about that a little bit that, uh, later. But that sets up a monstrous uh matchup uh between Prairie View and uh Arkansas Pine Bluff Thursday night. Uh you look at the magnitude of that matchup, uh, you got Arkansas Pine Bluff who will be trying to avoid uh going 0 and 2 in the conference. Um and we're we're still in in the early goings. Um 0 and 2 You've you've dug yourself a significant hole to try to dig yourself out of. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. If you're Prairie View, you've been here before. Uh, Prairie View has defeated Grandma. This will be four years in a row. Uh, they have defeated them every year since 2018. But usually after that Grandma game, Prairie View kind of fades a little bit. Um. You got to make sure that that doesn't happen this year. Um, so that game is going to be key. Thursday night, uh, another SWAT contest. And these Thursday night HBCU games, uh, uh, Alabama A&M, Bethune-Cookman, um, Alcorn State, uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, these have been some very exciting contests to watch. Uh, so hopefully the game this Thursday also lives up uh, to that billing. Um, and we get another one uh, on Thursday night uh, that's a barn burner. Also in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, uh, you had the defending SWAC champion, Alabama A&M, going down to Mobile, Alabama, uh, to play the Golden Lions of Tuskegee. Uh, Tuskegee has had better days. Um, they were embarrassed by Fort Valley. Uh, they took one on the chin against uh, West Alabama. Um, they've had better days. They did get back in the winning column a week ago against Edward Waters. Uh, but Alabama A&M is not Edward Waters. Alabama A&M, by all accounts, uh, ranked by many of the number one team in black college football uh, right now. Uh, Keel Glass, you know what that offense can do. Tuskegee actually made this game a little bit more interesting 
than a lot of people would have thought. Um, Alabama and A&M wins about a score of 45 to 35. Um, Tuskegee scores 35 points, their highest offensive output uh, all year, uh, 35 points. Um, Tuskegee, um, a team offensively that has struggled, uh, got their footing against Alabama A&M. Uh, 443 total yards yesterday for the Tuskegee Golden Tiger, uh, Tigers. That's almost double what they've had in, in their other games. Um, so, um, if you're Alabama A&M, the question is still defensively. Uh, that, that, that defense for Alabama A&M has not been playing well. Make no mistakes, no bones about it. That defense has not been playing well. Uh, but that offense, it's about 559 yards total offense, 31 first downs, 416 yards in the air for a kill glass. Uh, and then Gary Qualls, uh, on the ground, you know, another 120 plus yard, uh, day. That offense is something special, uh, for the guys up in normal Alabama. The question for Alabama A&M is, can you stop anybody? Can you stop, uh, anybody? Uh, this weekend, Alabama A&M will take it on the road. They go to Grambling. A place historically that has not been friendly to them. Uh, Grambling defensively solid as a rock. Offensively, eh, there's some opportunities there. Um, so that's going to be an interesting ball game coming up uh, next week. We'll dive into Grambling um, a, a little bit later. Uh, but Alabama A&M did some things well on yesterday. We talked about a kill glass, uh, his ability uh, to throw the football. Gear crawls. Uh, 24 carries, 164 yards, two touchdowns. Um, that receiver group for, for Alabama A&M, um, they're special. Uh, we talk about a, a young group of guys, uh, that combined for 26, uh, receptions, um, and, and almost 400 yards, um, and four touchdowns. Uh, they call them the outlaws, uh, but they have been special. Uh, this year and, and, and they just keep it going. Um, Tuskegee, let's give the Golden Tigers a little bit of shine. Um, their quarterback, uh, Williams, uh, went 12 of 23 for 210 yards and two touchdowns. He also added 46 yards on the ground. Isaiah Patterson at running back 18 carries, 100 yards. Um, Tuskegee offensively looks a lot better, looked a lot better. On yesterday than what they've looked the entire year. It'll be interesting to see, interesting to see if, if that continues for Tuskegee. We know how this season started, uh, but it's a long season. And one thing about uh, Tuskegee, all of the goals that they had set forth for this football team are still uh, attainable. Uh, they just have to win out. Um, so we'll see what happens there uh, with Tuskegee. We talk about Alabama A&M. Their trip to Grambling uh, coming up on Saturday. Let's talk about the G-Men of Grambling State University. They faced off against Prairie View A&M in Dallas, Texas in the State Fair Classic. Uh, Prairie View was looking for a win number four in a row uh, against Grambling State. That's the story. Uh, Prairie View has not had such a streak over Grambling uh, since the 1960s. 
Um, so this win was something that would have been very important uh, for Prairie View. Uh, Prairie View got it done on yesterday, uh, 24 to 10 over Grambling State. Uh, not much to say. Grambling State could not find themselves offensively. Only 10 points. Only 10 points. Um, offense couldn't move the ball. Defense played well. Uh, played well enough to keep uh, Grambling State in the ball game. Uh, but too much. Uh, too much Prairie View. Not enough Grambling offense. Grambling falls to one and three. Uh, offensively, they have some issues on that offensive line. A lot of people like to talk about the quarterback position. Do you go with um, uh, which quarterback you go with, whether it's going to be uh, AC, as they call him, is it going to be Elijah? Do you go with Noah Biden? And I'm going to be honest, as long as that offensive line is up front, it doesn't matter who you go with as far as the quarterback position is concerned. Uh, Grambling's problems offensively all start up front. It's that offensive line that not don't do a good way, uh, job of protecting the passer. They don't do uh, that good of a job of opening up lanes to run. Uh, Grambling right next to last in the conference as far as yards per rush, uh, pass yards per game, bottom of the conference, and total offense. Uh, and it all starts up front. Uh, G-Man, one and three. Uh, we know that people in northern Louisiana are not happy. Uh, they're not satisfied uh, with that one and three start. Uh, they open up uh, their season, their uh, home opener this weekend uh, at Alabama A&M. It'll be interesting, interesting to see uh, how many of the Grambling faithful show up, how many of the, the Tiger fans are still on board. Because uh, they're going to need them. A kill glass in that offense rolling into town uh, to, to face off against the Grambling State Tigers. Um, it's going to be an interesting ball game. If you're Grambling, that defense has to keep you in that ball game. Uh, you have to play solid special teams, and the offense can kind of play some ball control a little bit. Uh, but to do that, you have to open up those holes as far as the running game to play ball control. Uh, you have to turn over. You, you have to get some first downs. You have to be able to move the football. Now, one thing about it is Alabama and them defensively hadn't shown that they can stop anybody. Um, so this is the defense to kind of get that going with. Uh, but on the defensive side of the football, Grambling has to have a solid day. If not, they have no shot. Uh, they have no shot. We know historically Alabama a has struggled uh, in Robinson Stadium uh, on the campus of Grambling State University. Um, but this is a new day. Uh, and if Grambling could potentially start the season 1-4, 0-2 in the conference. And I know a lot of people have been talking about hot seat with Project Fobbs and kind of what happens next. That heat, that, that talk, that seat will heat up, uh, if that game on Saturday does not go well. I don't think that Grambling has to win it. I don't, I just think that they can't be blown out at home, um, by Alabama and them. Um, so we'll see what happen, happens with those two programs on Saturday. Uh, that game will be held. At Grambling State, going to be an interesting ball game. Uh, Album and them will uh, make the trip out west, and we'll see what happens there. Um, speaking of schools and 
the state of Alabama, the Hornets of Alabama State University uh, faced off against the Wildcats of Bethune-Cookman. Remember a few weeks ago, Bethune-Cookman was a hot team. They played UTEP well, uh, played well against Central Florida, played a highly contested ball game against Alabama A&M, a game that they had opportunities to win. Um, now you're talking about Bethune-Cookman going against going into Montgomery. They were the favorite to win this football game. Uh, but I think a lot of people saw what Alabama A&M were, uh, did against Miles College, and it kind of sold them a little short. Uh, but Alabama State took care of business at home, um, 38-24 to um, against uh, Bethune-Cookman. The biggest key of this football game, Bethune-Cookman only had 11 yards rushing. It is hard to win a football game with 11 yards uh, rushing. Alabama A&M gets I mean, Alabama State, sorry, uh, Hornets. Uh, Alabama State gets it done by the score of 38 to 24. Ryan Nettles was 23 of 41 for 260 yards through two touchdowns. Uh, Ja'Cory Merritt for Alabama State, 15 carries for 43 yards. He led all rushers. Um, Alabama State d- dominated this football game. There were points where it looked like Al- uh, Bethune Cookman was going to get back into it. Uh, and every time Alabama State slammed the door shut on them, uh, 38-24, and if you're a Hornet, you have to be excited about what you saw on yesterday. Uh, Alabama State getting that big win. Um, Coach Donahill Ely, he can breathe a little bit. Uh, but, you know, for Alabama State, this is this is the win that you needed to get. A lot of people had sold uh, the Hornets short uh, a little bit. Uh, so congratulations to the Hornets of Alabama State. They get it done. But Thorne Cookman, 0-4, 0-2 to start their uh, SWAC era. Um, now they'll look, they're in the cellar of the uh, Eastern Division of the Southwestern Athletic Conference, uh, and they need to win and a lot of help to get into championship contention. Um, also in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, we'll keep it in the Eastern Division, the Tigers of Jackson State, uh, they've been hot. Talk about what they've been doing, Shadua Sanders. We're talking about the boatload of transfers, especially on the defensive uh, side of the football. Uh, Jackson State defensively playing better than them, than, than almost anybody. Uh, they faced off against Delta State, uh, Division II foe in state Mississippi um, of the Gulf South Conference. Uh, a pretty good football program. Um, not the Delta State of old, but still a pretty good football program. They got some solid programs over in the Gulf South Conference. Uh, they go into Memorial Stadium in Jackson to face off against Jackson State. Uh, Jackson State pulled that game off. It was closer than a lot of people thought that it, it would have been. Uh, Jackson State wins that ball game by the score of 24 to 17. Uh, Shadua Sanders, uh, 25 and 36, 251 yards and three touchdowns. Um, the, the biggest key in this football game, Jackson State still can't run the football. Uh, they were one-dimensional. They were able to get to Shadua Sanders a lot, uh, get him on the ground. Uh, he seemed uh, a little gimpy uh, towards the end of that football game. Uh, Jackson State defensively, uh, solid as they've been all year. Uh, they did give up, um, you know, a few scores late, uh, but their defense played well. Only gave up 91 yards uh, through the air. Uh, Delta State completed less than 50% of their passes. Uh, Delta State was able to get it done on the ground. 
Uh, 30 carries for 146 yards as a team. Um, you know, that's getting it done. If you're Jackson State, 38 carries for 65 yards, you're going to get it. Uh, that makes you a one-dimensional uh, football team. Uh, so that's something I'm pretty sure that the Tigers will be working with uh, during the off week. Jackson State only surrendered 10 first downs to Delta State. Um, but they gave up 4.9 yards per carry. Uh, and they only averaged 1.7 yards per carry. Penalty yardage, pretty even. Uh, Delta State, 6 for 50 yards. Uh, Jackson State, 6 for 62 yards. Uh, both of them had a turnover apiece. Uh, if you're Jackson State, the biggest stat, the one that's, that, that matters that want to make people smile, you're three and one going to the bye week. Uh, you're one and oh in the conference. Uh, you're off this week. Then you'd make the pilgrimage to Huntsville, Alabama to face off against the Bulldogs of Alabama A&M. And it's going to be homecoming on the hill. Uh, that game is going to be big. I'm talking about Orca big. We're talking about uh, who will represent the Eastern Division of the Southwestern Athletic Conference in the SWAC Championship game. Uh, this is a big football game uh, coming up in two weeks. Uh, but Jackson State gets the week off. Alabama and them goes to Grambling. Um, and I'm pretty sure uh, that week that that will be the game of the week. Uh, but Jackson State getting it done. 24-17 over Delta State. Uh, also in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, you had Texas Southern uh, going uh, on the road to face off against Rice. Uh, Rice were looking for their first win on the year, so was Texas Southern. Uh, this game actually, uh, Texas Southern late scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, they were down by quite a few. Um, offensively, they were able to get it done late in the fourth to kind of found a footing there. Uh, Andrew Bodie uh, from Texas Southern, 19 of 35 for 353 yards uh, and an interception. Um, Texas Southern offensively found a spark. Uh, granted, they found it late, uh, but they found a spark. Um, were able, they were able to rack up 461 yards in total offense, uh, 357 yards uh, through the air, 104 on the ground. Uh, the problem is they surrendered 620 yards in total offense, 271 in the air, 349 on the ground. Uh, they lose the rights by a score of 48 to 34. Uh, a lot of people thought that the game was going to be a little bit more lopsided, uh, but Texas Southern. Um, they lose, but they look a lot better uh, in this contest against Rice than they did all year, especially offensively. Um, you saw the young man uh, come in at quarterback, uh, Andrew uh, Bodie. Uh, he looks uh, the part. We have heard about him. Uh, we, we've heard that uh, uh, Mr. Bodie was the real deal. Um, he came in and looked great, so it'll be interesting. interesting to see if Texas Southern can build off of that uh, and, and go forth with the remainder uh, of the season. And then on today, uh, yes, we had football on today. 
Uh, Southern University facing off against Mississippi Valley State. Um, that particular ball game took place today in Jackson, Mississippi, um, at two o'clock uh, Central Standard Time. Uh, Southern gets it done, thirty-eight to twenty-five. Uh, Glendon McDaniel, uh, eighteen to twenty-six, two hundred and thirty-five yards and five touchdowns. Uh, Kobe Dillon led the way on the ground with 11 carries and 93 yards. Uh, if you're Southern, that offense looked a lot, lot better. Uh, Glendon McDaniel, very efficient with the football, didn't turn the ball over, five touchdown passes. Uh, so that's a good thing. The bad thing, defensively, Southern looks bad. Uh, tackling is poor. Um, you gave up 25 points to Valley, their highest uh, point output uh, for the year. Uh, and defensively, they just seem lost at times. Um, so Southern has some things to work on. Uh, they get a week off and then they face against that hot Texas Southern team that we uh, just talked about. Uh, but you know, the big thing for Southern, you're two and two and one and oh in the conference. Uh, that's the biggest takeaway from, uh, today. Uh, Bubba McDaniel, uh, starting in place of Ladera Skelton. Uh, he was efficient with the football. A lot of people have been Waiting to see Southern offensively take that next step. Uh, they did it today. Uh, Glendon McDaniel, uh, Bubba, as they call him, a solid game uh, today. Uh, 235 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, over in the MEAC, uh, the biggest game over there was North Carolina A&T uh, and North Carolina Central. The renewal of the Aggie Eagle Classic or Eagle Aggie Classic, whichever side that you fall on, um, that took place in Greensboro, North Carolina on yesterday. Uh, the Aggies get it done 37 14. Uh, they have defeated, uh, the Eagles. Um, they have now beaten them every year since 2017. Uh, they've been doing it in dominant fashion. Um, offensively, North Carolina Central couldn't get anything done. Uh, they did score 11 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, but North Carolina A&T, uh, wow. Uh, that football team looked yesterday like we thought that they would look, um, early parts of the year. They get their first win of the year. Had to bring their record to one and two. Uh, Central drops down to two and two. Um, over in the MEAC, uh, Merrimack, uh, defeats Delaware State 47 to 10. Um, Delaware State had hung tough in this one for a while, uh, 14 to 10, um, at the half. Uh, and then Merrimack scored 33, uh, 33 unanswered. Um, wow. I mean, Delaware State, this second half, uh, it, it was rough. Uh, it was rough. Uh, the Hornets fall to one and three. Um, they have a few games before they get ready for conference play. Remember, the MEAC only has six football playing institutions. So, uh, those schools only have five conference games. Um, and, and those conference games don't start for a few weeks. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, also in the MEAC, Norfolk State, um, they faced off against St. Francis, went on the road to fight off against them. Uh, they got it done uh, by the score of 28 to 16. 
Um, Norfolk State dominant in this football game. It did give up a touchdown late um, to St. Francis. Um, J.J. Davis from Norfolk, 14 carries for 93 yards. Uh, this defense from, from Norfolk State uh, limited St. Francis to less than 240 yards total offense. Uh, kept them out of the end zone uh, really almost three quarters. St. Francis uh, scored 10 points the first quarter, and then they just scored again until late. So shout out to the Spartans. And then Howard. Oh, man, the rough season continues for Howard. Uh, they dropped to 0-4 after losing to Robert Morris by score 22-16. Uh, Howard actually played well in that football game, had some opportunities to win, uh, and couldn't capitalize on any of those opportunities, and that's why you're Howard. Uh, Howard uh, drops down to 0-4. Um, rough year uh, for the Bison. Uh, in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference next week, uh, got a few key ball games. Morgan State uh, will host St. Francis uh, on Saturday. Uh, that game will kick off at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it'll be available on ESPN Plus. Howard uh, will host uh, Sacred Heart. Um, Howard 0-4 facing off against 2-2 and Sacred Heart. Another game, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. It'll be available on ESPN Plus as well. Bethune-Cookman of the Southwestern Athletic Conference, they step out of conference. Next week, they visit the Bulldogs of South Carolina State. Uh, they go to Orangeburg. Uh, both teams looking for their first win. Um, I think if you're South Carolina State, you need to pick up a win. Uh, you, you have to pick up a win. You're one of the teams that's favored to win the Mid-Eastern Mid Athletic Conference. A win here will pay dividends. Norfolk State, the Battle of the Bay. Norfolk State will visit Hampton. Norfolk State's in that two and two. Hampton at two and one. Surprisingly, uh, Norfolk State uh, looking to make a statement. They are the dominant program in the Mid East and Athletic Conference. Uh, they play Hampton out of the Big South. Uh, that Battle of the Bay is is back. Big rivalry in the Hampton Tidewater area, Norfolk area. Uh, that game will kick off at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It'll be available on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, and then North Carolina Central, the Eagles of the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, they come on down to SWAT country. Uh, so we have two MEAC SWAT contests uh, this week. Um, the Eagles uh, will face off against the Delta Devils of Mississippi Valley State. Uh, that game will kick off at 4 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time be 3 p.m. Central. Uh, Delaware State uh, will go to Staten Island to face off against Wagner College. Um, they're 0 and 4. Uh, the Hornets of Delaware State sit at 1 and 3. Uh, they're looking to uh, pick up a win on next week. That's your slate in the Mid Eastern Athletic uh, Conference. Uh, in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, Arkansas Pine Bluff, we talked about this, Thursday night, uh, 7.30 Eastern Time, 6.30 Central. Arkansas Pine Bluff will go on the road to Prairie View, Texas, to face off against the Panthers of Prairie View. That game will be shown on ESPNU. Make sure you tune in. Uh, I think you're going to be in for a dandy there. Uh, Alabama A&M, 3 o'clock uh, Eastern, 2 o'clock Central. 
will traveling travel to Grambling State University. Uh, they will face off against the G Men of Grambling. Alabama A and M sitting at three and zero. Grambling State University sitting at one and three. Uh, Grambling definitely needs to get off the snide here. Uh, you go one and four and zero and two in the conference, and that hot seat talk will pick up immediately. And there will be a lot of it. It's already going now, but you go one and four, zero and two in the conference, and yes, uh, yeah, you'll get that. Uh, Alabama State University uh, will be traveling to Tallahassee, Florida, to face off against Florida A&M, old-time SIAC rivals. Uh, Alabama State and Florida A&M, uh, but this time, hey, uh, their first uh, interaction as conference foes as as far as the Southwestern Athletic Conference. That's a big game. Um, Alabama, uh, Alabama State currently sits 1-0 in the conference. Fam, you 0-1, can't fall down 0-2. Uh, Alabama State, they want to stay in the thick of the race in the East. This is a game that you have to win. So I think that this is a very important game. That game goes down next Saturday uh, at Bragg Memorial Stadium uh, in Tallahassee. Uh, the game will kick off at 6 p.m. Eastern time, uh, 5 p.m. Central. Um, speaking about the, the, the games, we went in and we talked about the matchups from this past weekend uh, and how some of the teams looked, uh, how some of these matchups went. We previewed uh, the games for next weekend, uh, my game of the week uh, next week. Um, I have two of them. Uh, one is Arkansas Pine Bluff going on the road to face off against Prairie View. And another one is Alabama State going to Tallahassee, Florida uh, to face off against Florida and them. I think that those two ball games are very key. Um, if you just talk about from a rivalry standpoint, we're not going to leave out Norfolk State visiting Hampton, the Battle of the Bay. Um, a lot of football to be played. Uh, a lot of fan bases sitting high. Some are frustrated. Uh, the biggest thing to remember is that there is a lot of football uh, to be played. Uh, we saw this with Alcorn State with the way that they came out uh, against North Carolina Central. A lot of people had written off poor old Alcorn. Alcorn was one of the favorites to win the Western Division title. Uh, a lot of people were hitting me up saying, hey, you might want to change your Western Division champion uh, pick. But now Alcorn, it seems that they may have gotten their footing. We'll see. Uh, may have gotten their footing. Um, and they look like one of the contenders in the Western uh, Division. Uh, they're off this week. Uh, but next week, uh, they host Grambling for homecoming. That could be. Uh, a very interesting ball game uh, there. Um, also, Alabama A&M, it's, it's heavy as the head that wears the crown, but Alabama A&M has been playing to the level of their opponent every week. Uh, defensively, Alabama A&M, not good. Uh, not good. Uh, they made Bethune-Cookman look like an offensive juggernaut, especially on the ground. Bethune-Cookman yesterday couldn't run the ball uh, for any type of daylight at all against Alabama State. Um, so Alabama A&M, uh, we know what, what they are. They have a 
huge game coming up, not only this week with Grambling, uh, because it's the next one, but then next week, homecoming um, against Jackson State. I think that game will tell us a lot about uh, the Eastern uh, Conference division race. Uh, with that game, you have Jackson State, who can't run the ball. You have Alabama A&M, who can't stop and run. Um, and then you have a Jackson State defense that has played well, has played very well. Alabama A&M will be the best offense that, that, that they have seen. Akil Glass and that group of receivers, that will be the best, that will be the best offense that Jackson State has seen, uh, so far this year. So looking forward to that game. That's coming up in two weeks. Don't want to rush this thing. We wait all year for college football to get here, uh, and it's finally here. Um, so I tell people that they just sit back and enjoy, uh, the moment. Got about, uh, 15 minutes before I cut, um, out of here. Uh, just remember, uh, if you want to, uh, support, uh, any, uh, and anyone here on the BSS, BCSN network, uh, make sure that you are following, um, us on Facebook as well as Twitter at MyBCSN, uh, Twitter, um, at, uh, BCSN. Um, we take pride in what we do here. One of the things that we did this weekend, um, is that we took the game time show on the road, uh, Mobile, Alabama, uh, and we brought to you the Alabama A&M and Tuskegee game. Uh, that was put on broadcast by BCSN. So, Doing some great things here at BCSN to make sure that you're caught up to date. Uh, when we keep it action packed, uh, with Dr. Uh, Kenyatta Cavill, uh, the game time show, um, Carlos Brown show, uh, there's literally something going on every, uh, day, uh, here at BCSN. And like, we're just trying to keep you, uh, plugged in. I am a big proponent of saying, Hey, make sure that you take care of your HBC, HBCU, Sports media. Um, take care of the people that take care of you. Um, I would like to thank everyone for uh, tuning in and following and uh, watching um, here with me. Remember, if you miss it, uh, if you miss this, you follow BCSN. Um, you will catch the podcast version um, of this as well. Uh, well, trust me, we got you covered. We know that all the time you're not able to catch the live shows. That's okay. That's fine. That's, that's fine. We have the podcast version. Um, so you can drive along, uh, mow the lawn or whatever, uh, and, and have us in, in uh, your ear. Uh, Top 5 Tuesday, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, Top 5 Tuesday will go down this Tuesday uh, while I go in and rank the Top five programs in HBCU football. The biggest thing to remember about Top Five Tuesday, man, it's week to week. Um, it's week to week. It's based on how these schools are playing, and we are still early. A lot of people get fired up about that Top Five Tuesday. Uh, why my team's not here? Why is this team above mine? Well, it's still early. All these things will work themselves out. All right. Um, so, um, Top Five Tuesday. Uh, also, man, if you missed this morning uh, on the HBCU Sports Lab with uh, Dr. Ken Yada Cavill, uh, Charles Bishop, uh, we had a good uh, 
run around, man, and, and, and talked about some of these games. AD Drew was there as well. Uh, talked about and breaking down some of these games from this past weekend. Make sure you tune into that. We kind of preview uh, the next week, uh, next week's contests that are uh, coming up and how important that those are as well. So make sure uh, that you go in and support that. Make sure you're supporting the uh, 1400 Club, Charles Bishop, Neely. They do an outstanding job with that. Um, give you all the ins and outs uh, of, of Jackson State football, the ins and outs of that program. They do a fantastic job here. So you are a Tiger fan. Look, you ain't got to be a Tiger fan. All right? You do not have to be a fan of the Jackson State Tigers. Um, you will enjoy the work uh, that they do and the insights that they're able to give. Um, so shout out to uh, Charles Bishop um, as well as my boy Neely. Uh, you guys keep doing a fantastic job there. Also, I want to give a shout out to the boss man, Roy Evans, um, doing everything behind the scenes today. Today, I ain't, seen, I ain't got AD Drew with me today. Uh, so, man, Roy, man, he has been the ghost writer, as, as you will, man. Uh, pulling the strings and pressing the buttons back at the studio to make sure that this, this thing, uh, flows smoothly. So shout out to Roy Evans. Um, y'all show Roy some love, man. Show Roy some love. Um, and he's doing a fantastic job with everything that we have going on here at BC, uh, SM. Um, a football team that played yesterday that I think people may want to take note on. Miles College. Did you see what they did to Central State on yesterday? Woo! The Bears look good, y'all. And I'm telling you what, in a couple of weeks, Albany State, Miles College. And those two look like the two dominant programs in the SIEC. They are going to clash. And, and that game just may be, be determined who gets home field for the SIC, um, SIC uh, championship game? Uh, so keep your eyes on those Golden Bells from Miles College. Also, Savannah State doing some good things uh, down in South Georgia. I think that you know the SIC Western Division, man, it, it's it, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, Kentucky State reminded you yesterday in the Circle City Classic to not forget about them. They beat uh, Benedict uh, Benedict College by a score thirty four twenty eight. Uh, but Kentucky State is another one. Uh, that offense, they get that option going. Uh, interesting. And Tuskegee. Uh, we'll see what Tuskegee looks like. We know that Tuskegee has, has started off rough. Um, and a lot of people have been calling for the heads of the, the AD and coach. He's the same person. The AD and coach at Tuskegee, same person. Um, a coach Slater, also athletic director Slater. Uh, but the, you know, offensively, Tuskegee looked a lot better. Um, you can say what you want about Alabama A&M's defense, but that was Division Two defense and the Division. I'm sorry, Division Two offense and Division One defense. We'll see what happens moving forward with the Golden Tigers of uh, Tuskegee, um, and and see what happens uh, there. Um, also in the CIAA, um, you had a few uh, scores there that probably caught um, a few people off board. One of the uh, biggest ones there was Winston Salem State. The way that they lost on yesterday, a lot of people saw that the way they, they played against North Carolina Central and kind of felt like Winston might be, you know, eh, oh, lost a big win um, uh, yesterday. Uh, Virginia State also 
uh, took a loss uh, yesterday as well. Um, that's all the time that I have for you tonight. Um, short abbreviated version tonight. Um, we will not be abbreviated um, next week. I know I said that last week. will not be abbreviated um, this week, but this week due to some things out of my control. We're a little bit abbreviated. Um, didn't have AD Drew. Um, next week, we'll have some guesting for you. Um, so be on the lookout uh, for those guests. We will announce those guests on Wednesday. Um, you follow. Make sure that you're following along uh, on Twitter at Inside HBCU Fball. Uh, you can find me there. Also, make sure that you're visiting the Inside HBCU Football homepage. Uh, we will put guest updates there as well. And also make sure that you're following the BCSN uh, pages as well. Uh, we tweet those out, post those out. Uh, make sure you can follow along so you know what's going on. Um, make sure you're checking out the Game Time Show. Tell you, Game Time Show is something that's going to be very big. If you watch College Game Day, you know, you're a fan of, you know, Corso and Fowler and the rest of the guys. We got our own version now. We got our own version. It's called the Game Time Show. And it's brought to you uh, by the good people here at BCSN. Um, I'm BJ Jones. Um, like I said, I want to uh, say thank you to everyone who is tuning in. Uh, this was only show number three. Um, for me, yeah, on the show number three. So I'm still figuring this thing out. Man, you guys bear with me. I ain't in mid-season form yet. I'm not in mid-season form yet. Um, this thing is going to get rolling. Um, and I think you guys are going to really have some fun with it. I'm going to have fun with it. I have fun doing it. Um, if you don't know, I actually have, I have a lot of fun doing it. Um, uh, but I got some things that are kind of clicking, you know, up in the brain area. Um, some some ideas. Um, you know, for the show, you guys will see that. And the good thing about it is, you get to see me uh, grow uh, doing this. You get to see you you get to see where the show starts from, and then eventually what it will what it will be. Um, so I like having you along for that ride. I feel like we do something special. That mean that we did it together. You know, our intimate setting that we have here. Uh, but yes, uh, next week we will be back hot and heavy. Um, I promise you guys a band element. Oh, you will get a band element of this. Um, you will see a couple of band directors on here. We're going to be picking their brains about how they feel about their season. Um, HBCU bands are very important. Um, very important to the game day atmosphere. Uh, I ain't a specialist in that area at all. So that's why I'm going to have some of the, the experts and specialists to come on uh, and kind of give us their two cents and kind of what they look for on Saturdays or Thursdays and how they prepare and so forth. Uh, so that's going to be something that's very interesting as well. Um, so like I said, man, you guys, man, just buckle up. We're going to have fun. Remember, next week we are going into week number five. Week number five of the HBCU football season. Key games next week. Uh, make sure that you uh, are following how you can watch these games. It's very important that when these games are on ESPN, family or networks, doesn't matter if it's plus you, two, uh, it doesn't matter. Make sure that you're following along. Uh, those ratings are very important. Uh, you know, we talk about, you know, we want exposure, we want these things uh, for our HBCU football teams. We have to make sure that when they're available, we're taking advantage of those. So uh, make sure that you do that. 
Um, if you can get out and support your local HBCU, go out, go out and do that. Go out and do that. Trust me, we need your support. Uh, we need your help. Uh, that's about all I have tonight. Want to thank Roy Evans back in the home studio uh, for dialing everything up, uh, pushing all the right buttons. Um, appreciate you, Roy. Uh, and on behalf of myself, Roy Evans, uh, and the rest of the people at BCSN, uh, here at BCSN, I am signing off uh, for the third edition of the Inside HBCU uh, football show. Uh, we will be back on next Sunday. I'm going to have some guests for you. We're going to be breaking down all of these games from week five and also pre- previewing the games for our uh, week six. Um, and we will probably have a discussion about top five Tuesday. Uh, remember top five Tuesday. That's going to drop on Tuesday. That's usually I usually I drop that on Twitter. Make sure that you're following to get the exclusive to get the drops on that. Um, so looking forward uh, to talking about that. I'm BJ Jones, and I appreciate you guys for tuning in, and I'll catch you next week. God bless you, and good night.